0: And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.
1: Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news?
4: We are now entering a critical thinking zone, so thinking caps are required beyond this point. From deep behind enemy lines, deep in the heart of the Midwest, it's your host, Andrew Coppins, and it's time for critical thinking.
1: Matt Walsh asks, what is a woman? Our president, well, he wants to ban your guns, but it's not about banning guns. And Ron DeSantis goes after woke sports. All of that and more on today's critical thinking. I'm Andrew Coppins flying solo, hopefully for the last time. I've got to check in with Pat here in a little bit, but uh, hoping that Pat will be back on Monday. If not, I'm going to guess middle of next week. Um, But it is coming to an end of the me, myself and I show. Uh, But thank you to each and every one of you who have continued to watch, to listen, all that wonderful goodness. You know the drill by now. You can watch on our Rumble page. Just search Critical Thinking or rumble.com backslash critical thinking. You can find um, all of my stuff over at at the Coppins show on social media. And um, there's a lot going on in the world and two very uh, important political discussions and one. Uh, discussion that's biology versus Iwana. And we're going to start with the important t- discussion from the president of the United States yesterday um, who decided to tell us that it's not about banning the gun. It's about banning the gun. A- and we're going to take that on here. So let's just dive right in to the mix.
5: They had one message for all of us. Do something. Just do something. For God's sake, do something. After Columbine, after Sandy Hook, after Charleston, after Orlando, after Las Vegas, after Parkland, nothing has been done. This time, that can't be true. This time, we we must actually do something. The issue we face is one of conscience,
1: and common sense. Ah, yes. Conscience and common sense. Define common sense for me, Mr. President. Define common sense as you get puppeteered by every town USA and, and uh, David Hogg and, and that ilk. Go ahead. Tell me what is common sense. Is common sense realizing that losing your right to own a weapon of your choosing to the United States government is bad for you is it common sense that here's the harsh reality we cannot we cannot as a society prevent all tragedy yet when we realize that we only seem to care as a society when something really tragic actually happens and we don't care about um, that 13 year old carrying a gun down the streets of Chicago or the nine people who were stopped in or on North Ave Beach, one of the biggest beaches here in Chicago, this past weekend, with illegal firearms. All of them under the age of 18. When we don't care about any of that, that just gets swept under the rug as a society, right? Well, we, we have to ban the gun, except for we have a virtual handgun ban here in the city of Chicago. Now, it is true that the the actual ban has been lifted, but good luck purchasing a, a handgun here in the city of Chicago. You can't do it. They have just basically stopped giving license to gun shops here in the city of Chicago. Is it common sense to realize, wait a second, um, what law would have helped in this situation? What law? What currently on the book's law would have helped? Oh, it turns out that, wait, the police had ample opportunity to use current Texas law to have maybe involuntarily held this person for mental health issues. But they don't want to take that seriously. What is common sense? And what is conscious? Because my conscience tells me that this is an awful event. But it also tells me that there are awful things that happen every single day across the globe. And I physically, emotionally, spiritually cannot care about every single one of them. I can empathize with the loss of their lives. I can certainly understand that this is painful, that this is horrific, that this is tragic. But what is common sense? Do something is not an answer. Do something effective could be an answer depending on what that proposition is and its proof of effectiveness. And we're about to get into that in just a second here because uh, Joe Biden talks about the Second Amendment next in this wonderful address to the American public.
5: This is not about taking away anyone's guns. It's about not about vilifying gun owners. In fact, we believe we should be treating responsible gun owners as an example of how every gun owner should behave. I respect the culture and the tradition and the concerns of lawful gun owners. At the same time, the Second Amendment, like all other rights, is not absolute. It was, just, it was Justice Scalia who wrote, and I quote, like most rights, the right Second Amendment by the, the rights granted by the Second Amendment are not unlimited. Not unlimited. And never has been.
1: That is a patent lie. When the Second Amendment was written, there was not a single law about gun ownership in the entirety of the United States of America in 1791. Not one. Now, what did Alito actually say? See, this is the rub of picking and choosing Samuel Alito was not talking about banning guns. Justice Alito was talking about how we have the responsibility or the ability to potentially take a look at limiting whom can own weapons. Things like mental defect, things like Uh, past criminal history, things of that nature. That was what Samuel Alito was talking about. But then he goes on to rule in what way? To open up your ability and your rights to own guns. What a shocker. What an absolute shocker. Now, he tells us that it's not about taking away your rights to own guns, and then drops this one on us all. For God's sake,
5: how much more carnage are we willing to accept? How many more innocent American lives must be taken before we say enough, enough? I know that we can't prevent every tragedy, but here's what I believe we have to do. Here's what the overwhelming majority of American people believe we must do. Here's what the families in Buffalo and Uvalde in Texas told us we must do. We need to ban assault weapons in high-capacity magazines. And if we can't ban assault weapons, then we should raise the age to purchase them from 18 to 21. Strengthen background checks. Enact safe storage law and red flag laws. Repeal the immunity that protects gun manufacturers from liability. Address the mental health crisis. Deepening the trauma of gun violence and as a consequence of that violence. These are rational, common sense measures.
1: Rational, common sense measures. Repealing gun manufacturer immunity. Now, I have seen this this morning on the right. Gun manufacturer immunity? Yeah, of course, they should be immune, and this and that, and um, oh, but uh, Pfizer and Moderna, right? Their immunity, and this and that, and as if, you know, there, there's just nothing that we can talk about here. Well, here's the reality. Immunity does actually exist for gun manufacturers, called the Protection of Lawful Commerce and Arms Act, enacted in 2005 it prevents large amounts of the lawsuits that were going on in the 1990s, going after them uh, because while they were saying that um, they, that that, uh, gun manufacturers were responsible for the loopholes and, and for the, the distribution of their weapons to gun dealers who then illegally or unlawfully or however you want to put it may have sold this in commission of a crime. Now, why was this immunity put in place? The immunity was put in place because this is an insane situation. To To be able to sue, and by the way, most, the vast majority of the cases brought had failed, but some of them actually went through. Some of them were settled out of court. And settling out of court, by the way, doesn't mean an admission of guilt. It just means that that we don't want to deal with the insanity, the cost all of that, of some sort of civil trial. In some cases, yeah, it does mean that there were issues. There are always going to be issues. But this immunity probably should exist from prosecution because it's insane to believe that the manufacturer can read the mind, let alone the gun dealer, read the mind of the individual attempting to legally purchase a firearm. Now, if you illegally purchase a firearm, is that on the gun manufacturer to be able to regulate and know? Furthermore, how is the manufacturer supposed to know if you or I won't one day mentally snap and use it in commission of a crime? Let's say a domestic dispute or some weird thing happens in your home and you shoot an intruder and then you get uh, put in jail because uh, the stand-your-ground law isn't uh, applicable or whatever have you in whatever state you live in. The PLCAA exists to prevent that, but it also tells us that What? Well, it turns out that generally the the PLCAA prevents plaintiffs from filing lawsuits against the gun industry, even where these parties have been negligent. So I could understand if the party is proved to be negligent. Well then, um, okay. But If there was criminal or unlawful misuse of a firearm or ammunition, they're also not liable. Again, yeah, because that is an individual's action. If I were, for instance, if I were the person from Waukesha, are we now suing the manufacturer of the car for the action of the driver? No, we shouldn't. And if we can, we shouldn't be able to do so. But there are quote-unquote narrow exceptions, according to Everytown, USA, in the gun uh, ban nuts, saying that they do allow for lawsuits to be filed in cases where a gun manufacturer or the dealer knowingly transferred a gun, knowingly transferred a gun to a person with the knowledge that they intended to use it to commit a crime. Yes, then you should be held liable because you did something wrong. Now, they also can be held liable if they violated state or federal regulations, if they were guilty of negligent entrustment or a breach of the contract, or in limited cases caused harm to individuals due to design defects of the gun. Yes. Yes, that is exactly correct. If it is negligence on behalf of the dealer or the manufacturer, they should be held liable. In fact, you could be criminally held liable for that negligence, let alone civilly, depending on what type of action was taken place. But Joe Biden decided to tell us that I'm not about banning guns. I don't want to ban your guns, except for I do want to ban assault weapons. Again, define an assault weapon. It it is a term that doesn't actually exist. It is a term made up out of whole cloth by the anti-gun movement in America. Now, Biden also decides to tell us and then tout the 1994 quote-unquote assault weapons ban, right? The gun safety law or whatever the hell they called it back then. As if this is the panacea, as if this will actually make a difference. And I want you to hear what he says on this.
5: Here's what it all means. It all means this. We should reinstate the assault weapons ban in high-capacity magazines that we passed in 1994 with bipartisan support in Congress and the support of law enforcement. Nine categories of semi-automatic weapons were included in that ban, like AK-47s and AR-15s. And in the 10 years it was law, mass shootings went down. But after Republicans let the law expire in 2004, and those weapons were allowed to be sold again,
1: mass shootings tripled. Bull crap, bull crap, bull crap, and more bull crap. And see, here's the reality of the situation when it comes to Joe Biden and the 1994 crime bill. He is now touting this while also telling us that um, we can't um, incarcerate minorities at the rate that we are, but it was the 1994 crime bill that, quote unquote, incarcerated all of these people. Now, part of the 94 crime bill dealt with, quote unquote, assault weapons. Again, whatever that term actually means, because literally I could line up a hundred different people into a room and get a hundred different definitions of it. But more importantly, this is the only thing that Joe Biden can ever hang his hat on when it comes to quote unquote achievement in his 40 plus stupid years in public life. This is it. This is, he built his whole shtick. His whole last 40 or 30 years now on this one piece of legislation, one. Except for, I cannot stand this, this idea that this tripled. And this is why statistics matter. And this is why understanding data points matter. And this is the reality of gun statistics and gun data. There's no universal definition of mass shootings. There's none. Some say it's three. Some say it's four. Some say it's six. Blah, 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 blah. Some say it must be in a single event. Meaning if I were to fire my gun in one time, I have to kill multiple people. Or if it's not a drive-by but, uh, but a shootout and there's five people killed but they were on two sides of the same thing, then it's not a mass shooting. That's a problem. From a statistical standpoint, from a data analysis standpoint, I need universality or at least an understanding that we're talking about apples and apples and not apples and bananas. Now. Biden claims that mass shootings tripled after the law expired. Well, guess what? The Washington Post, of all things, people, the Washington Post said three Pinocchios to this. And here's the issue. They use their own mass shooting data and their own mass shooting definition to come up with, you know, According to the Washington Post, Biden claimed that mass shooting deaths tripled after the law expired. He appears to be relying on a study of mass shooting data from 1981 to 2017, published in 2019 in the Journal of Trauma and Acute Care Surgery. Now, mind you, okay, mind you on this one, that this claim has been made not once, not twice, not three, not four, not five, at least a half a dozen times in the past two years by Joseph Marionette Biden. Okay. But it was published in 2019 in the Journal of Trauma and Acute Care Surgery by a team led by Charles DiMaggio, a professor of surgery at NYU's Langone Medical Center. That group found that an assault weapons ban would have prevented 314 out of 448, or 70% of the mass shooting deaths during the years when the ban was not in effect. According to the Washington Post, the data used in that study has come under attack by some analysts. Now, this is the Washington Post's own report. The new mass shooting database, which is what the Washington Post uses, okay, shows that there were 31 mass shootings in the decade before the 1994 law. How many in the 10 years that that law was in existence, do you think? How many? 31. And now, in the 10 years after it expired... Forty-seven. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. If I'm going to triple 31, I would have to have 93. Ninety-three shootings. Forty-seven ain't 93. Is it an increase? Yes. But as the Washington Post points out in its article there is some measure of increase that is absolutely explainable by population increase between these timeframes. In the last 10 years, our population has exploded in the United States of America, largely due to mass immigration. But the, the population increase in the United States of America can explain part of that increase. So let's say it explains or uh, let's say explains 7 out of the 16, you still get, what, 9? An increase of 9? In a decade, that's an increase of 1 per year. That is statistically insignificant. I'm not saying the lives lost are insignificant. I am talking from a pure data analysis standpoint. An increase of one mass shooting every year, as defined by the Washington Post, is statistically insignificant when we look at it from the lens of 10 years. That is the reality of the situation in front of us right now. But again, even the Washington Post has revised their three Pinocchios to... Well, unrated because they did a further analysis of their data and found that maybe even some of their data is not exactly accurate. So here's the reality this is all a moving goalpost. On both sides of the equation, here, there is no hard and fast data point that anybody can point to, that anybody can agree upon when it comes to mass shootings. Not one. There's barely any piece of information available that will tell us the difference between during, before, during, and after the 1994 assault weapons ban. The closest thing that we have is this Washington Post analysis because every state reports crime differently. Thus, the FBI crime statistics are reported differently. Not every state reports this crime or that crime or that gun versus this gun. We have no universality of our data. That's part of the problem here. I would love to find solutions. I am about solutions. I'm about identifying problems and presenting solutions to these problems, and then studying the feasibility of these solutions vis-a-vis quote-unquote common sense, Also, the Constitution, red flag laws, which we've discussed earlier this week, and how they violate the United States Constitution and your ability to defend your rights. The government cannot take away your rights at all without due process they can't. Even if they involuntarily commit you into a mental institution, they must do so at a hearing in which you are represented by at least a public defender, if not a lawyer hired by your family, or whatever. Now, if you violate a law, they can involuntarily commit you. If you are, let's say, paranoid schizophrenic and you attempt to to murder somebody. That's a crime. They have a right to then arrest you, involuntarily commit you, understand your mental state, and then address the crime that was committed. But that's part of due process. Yet, this government is willing to violate your constitutional rights In pursuit of what aim, what data do you actually have that is trustworthy, that can be universally or nearly universally accepted, because, again, to the point of science, there shouldn't be any universality necessarily, but that we can at least agree upon the facts the basics of the data sets where does it exist it doesn't but I, I want to talk about one other aspect of liability here because we've talked about the plcaa right we've we've talked about the the immunity in 2005 i am sick and tired Of Joe Biden, Sheila Jackson Lee, and all of these other people talking about common sense gun reform. Common sense this. Liability. When your own son was able to violate federal gun law, not once, but twice, and had... allegedly, the Secret Service covering up his crime. What, pray tell, am I talking about, you might be asking? What, pray tell, am I talking about? Well, of course, I am talking about the fact that Hunter Biden purchased a weapon, I believe, back in 2018, okay? Back in 2018. Telling us that uh on form forty four uh, seventy three, excuse me, forty-four seventy-three, that um he never or isn't currently addicted to alcohol, drugs, um, marijuana, blah 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 blah, right? You have to fill that form out. Stating that, except for this was after he had entered rehab and then allegedly relapsed. Using crack. Okay. Also, after being discharged from the military, dishonorably discharged nonetheless from the military for his addiction to drugs. Yet he checks no on the box because here's the rub on that federal form. If that is the case, you cannot purchase a firearm. It is illegal to do so. On 4473. To purchase that gun. That is a felony, by the way. Punishable by up to 10 years in prison. And up to $250,000 in fines for doing so. Now, here's the other rope. That gun that was purchased in 2018. Okay or or around there 2016 to 2018 somewhere in there we're not totally sure on the on the date here but in 2018 Haley Biden, Beau Biden's widow and ex-lover of Hunter Biden cuz you know this family is not messed up in any way shape or form but she dumped his gun in a trash container behind a grocery store right next to a high school. Also, a felony. Improper disposal of a gun is a felony. Doing so within feet of a high school or any school is a felony. Now, the story goes like this. Secret Service agents approached the owner of the store where Hunter Biden bought the gun and asked to take the paperwork involving the sale. I want you to think about that. The Secret Service was asking for the, the gun uh, dealer to, to <clears throat> suicide the note, if you will, right? Ooh, oh, well, uh, that, that form doesn't exist. Um, I don't know what you're talking about. This is from PolitiFact, by the way. The gun store owner refused to supply the paperwork to the Secret Service, suspecting that the Secret Service officers wanted to hide Hunter's ownership of the missing gun in case it were to be involved in a crime, because that is also criminally punishable by law. Now, what we do know is that um, Haley Biden, okay, threw it in the trash can behind that grocery store, prompting an investigation from law enforcement officials who were concerned because the trash can was near that high school. She later returned to retrieve the firearm only to discover it was gone. The assumption being that law enforcement took the weapon, but we don't know to this day because nobody will tell us what happened to that. Yet, if you're 21, you can own a gun. But if you're 18, you're too underdeveloped to own a gun. You're too. Wait a minute. How did How did uh, Jerry Nadler put it? Oh wait. Um. This.
5: If service this would permit any male individual at 18 years of age uh, to purchase a firearm. The purpose of this section of the bill is precisely to prevent people. 18 years of age through 20 until 21 to purchase firearms because there is a massive body of research that shows that 18 through 20 year olds, um, having not completed the maturation of uh, parts of their brains, um, are, are, are far more likely to engage in violence, uh, than people older than that. So on that, on that, on that grounds, I oppose the amendment. Mr. Well, and I yield back. Well, seeks recognition. Mr. Uh, for what purpose does uh, the gentleman from Ohio seek recognition? Strike the last word. Gentleman is recognized. <laughs> you, you just said th- that they're, they're not mature enough to make this kind of decision. But these, d- I, if I'm not mistaken, the Democrats are wanting younger people to actually vote. When 16-year-olds to decide who gets to make the laws in this country, but oh, no, no, 18-year-olds can't, can't purchase a firearm. And now we're saying that if you sign up for selective service and, as Mr. Massey indicated, will go defend your country, you're not qualified for the rights in that very constitution. You've, you're, you're going to take an oath if you join our military to, de- to defend. So um, this is, I mean, this is just a, a good, another good amendment from the gentleman from Kentucky, and I would yield to him to uh, Can talk. Can you yield for a moment? Sure. Would, is the gentleman aware that uh, until you're 21, you can't even go into a bar and, buy a sh- and, and get a shot of bourbon? I'm certainly aware of that. Okay. In Kentucky, we would make an exception for that as well. (laughs) (laughs) And and when I went to college, probably when you went to college, Mr. Chairman, those weren't the rules, but uh, they've since changed. I understand that. I yield to the gentleman from Kentucky. The the chairman says that uh, individuals, 18 to 20-year-old, maturation of parts, use his words, maturation of parts of their brains hasn't occurred. Then why do we allow them to make the
1: decision to go fight for their country, to join the military? Uh, furthermore, we're conscripting. Are we conscripting people who don't even have mature brains into the
5: service of this country? That's why
1: I mean, the, Massey is 100 percent correct here. We have Joe Biden. We have, you know, Jerry Nadler. We have these people telling us, well, we got to lift the age to 21 because of brain maturation. There are people who are 45. Who don't have fully developed brains. Why? Because they actually have mental disorders, right? Or they have some sort of a chromosomal issue, or they have other things going on. I mean, it's just utter insanity. Yet, I point this out in the midst of talking about Hunter Biden, Because these very same people don't even want to enforce the rules and the laws and the regulations that currently exist on the books for themselves. And they want to tell us from Sheila Jackson Lee and a a bunch of other people, uh, one of the amendments, uh, one of the uh, bills that exists in the Congress is a bill that will Make sure that you, the responsible gun owner, remember, we're not punishing responsible gun owners, but you, the responsible gun owner, you cannot have the weapon in which you choose to protect yourself from the government or from intruders or from whatever, or you like to sport shoot or you like to uh, hunt or whatever. You cannot store those weapons in your home. They must be stored in a storage facility at a gun uh range or gun dealer or whatever they must be stored off-site what what so i don't get to defend myself but i'm the responsible gun owner except for you don't give me the credit for being a responsible gun owner the sandy hook shooter broke into a gun cabinet that was locked Put it in safety. It turns out evil people intent on doing evil things don't care about responsible ownership. They will find means, methods, modes of doing evil. Yet, we're going to tell 18 to 20 year olds, fight for your country, die for your country, sign the hell up to be uh, selected for service. In a draft, oh, but 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 women can't do that. But again, what's a woman? And I'm about to get into that. But, um, when you come back from that war in which we sent you to fight with actual machine guns, with grenades and bombs and shoulder fire rockets and You name the weapon, we're going to allow you to do so. Oh, and with handguns and uh, assault weapons, we're not going to allow you to privately own them. You're responsible enough to do that, but your brain's not developed enough to handle the... Hmm. Okay, I, I... I will grant you that there are studies out there. There are a lot of studies that tell us that until you're about 24 or 25, your brain really is not fully developed. But that at the ages of 18, 21, you you have some developmental milestones when it comes to your brain. Then let's raise the age of conscription to 21. Let's raise the age. If that's the argument you're making, Let's raise the age of selective service to 21. More importantly, let's raise the age of of everything to be an adult to 21. Except for that's not what you really want. You just want this as a means towards banning guns. That's it. And oh, by the way, statistically speaking, only nine of the last 40-some-odd mass shootings in the United States of America were committed by people under the age of 21 in America. Oh, and that Tulsa shooting? Some 40-year-old individual ticked off about some sort of service at the hospital, goes in and shoots it up. Oh, and it wasn't a white supremacist like online Twitterverse wanted to tell us right away. Turns out it was a black man who cares about the race. The only time that, that matters is if race is actually the motivating factor, and it clearly wasn't in that case. So 42-year-old uh, individuals cannot be trusted with weapons. This can't be trusted with weapons. That can't... We are trying to not just play whack-a-mole. We are trying to perfect humanity. That is what is going on here. See, you cannot be trusted with things because you you are not perfect. And we, and this is the, the left talking here, as leftists believe that you are perfectible. We believe as leftists that we know what is best for you. You can't know what's best for yourself. And our aim is to perfect humanity. That This is what it all comes down to. And I'm sorry, we are imperfect. That's why tragedy and all that sort of stuff, that's why accidents exist. We are not perfectible. We are aimable towards a more perfect relationship with God in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ that is true a hundred percent true but this stupid idea that on the one hand rules don't apply to Hunter Biden but uh all the rules should apply everywhere else and let's let's uh let's worry about making new ones while we don't even actually enforce the ones that exist against people who are willing to break them. And we see it every single day here in Chicago, people out on gun felonies, violent crime felonies, right? People who have either committed them and shouldn't be owning guns or people who are on trial or charged with violent crimes out there then committing more violent crimes with guns, with knives, with all sorts of stuff. We're not tough on those people, but we're gonna be tough on the responsible gun owner. We're gonna screw the responsible gun owner for the actions of the criminals. That's what we're gonna do as a society. All right. But as a society, we can't even define truth, nor what's a woman either. But we're expected to be able to deal with the problem of guns. We can't even speak to the truth as a society. And I had an opportunity to watch uh, Matt Walsh's brand new documentary, What is a Woman, Um, the other day. And uh, Matt has put out a a series of, of videos from that documentary. And I wanted to go through some of these because I want you to understand the psychosis of the left. Because right now, this LGBTQ, LMNOP, ampersand, pound sign, individual, two-spirit group is leftist activism. There is no such diversity that can exist in this crowd, except for the diversity of your gender. But we're going to get into this, because literally... I want you to see how difficult it is for the left to deal with this objective truth versus ma truth.
4: Male gametes, that's what makes me male.
5: No, your, your sperm don't make you male. Then what does? It's a constellation.
4: In reality, in truth, okay?
5: Whose truth are we talking about?
4: The same truth that says we're sitting in this room right now, you and I.
5: No, you're not listening.
4: If I if I see a chicken laying eggs and I say that's a female chicken laying eggs, did I assign female or am I just observing a physical reality that's happening in the world?
5: Does a chicken have gender identity? Does a chicken cry? Well, a Does chi- a chicken commit suicide? Let's frame with- it because you're talking. You're trying. Yeah, chicken
4: to be- has sex like any like a any biological organism. Chicken has
5: an assigned gender, but a chicken doesn't have a gender identity. So we
4: assign female to chickens when they lay eggs. That's a, we that's- assume
5: they're female if they lay eggs. <laughs>
1: So, I hope you understand. It, it's Part of this debate is the fact that both sides are talking past each other because we are not dealing with the same, quote-unquote, reality. One side is dealing with the physical, objective reality. The other is dealing with feelings, the, the metaphysical worlds, or however you want to put it. There are two different quote unquote realities. And one of them is actually just reality. And the other is just because I want to feel that way. Because moi, because me. I talk about the church of me all the time. But but I want you to to take that in. That's what we're dealing with. Wait, wait a minute. I have a reality that is um based in biology and physical and immutable characteristics that are in front of me yet i am supposed to accept whatever the hell you want as a reality no that's not how this works that's not how any of this works anywhere in the world but i want you to see this from a quote-unquote gender studies individual
4: i'm not even talking about social context i'm just i'm just trying to start by getting to the truth you know yeah, I mean, I'm really uncomfortable with that language of, like, g- getting to the truth. Again, in social why, why life... Is that, why is that uncomfortable? Because that... It sounds actually deeply transphobic to me. Um, and, if truth? You, and And if you keep probing, we're going to stop the interview. I If I probe about what the truth is? You keep invoking the word truth, which is condescending and rude. I'm saying how to is, you... How is the word truth condescending and rude? Why don't you tell me what your truth is, and you're walking on... 30 seconds more of the nights before
1: I get up. You see that? When confronted with, I'm asking you for the truth. There's no such thing as your truth. There are your feelings. That doesn't mean that it's truth in reality. It means that you have feelings on the subject, and those are perfectly fine. But this goes to the construct that sociology is an actual science. This goes to the fact that this is just leftists attempting to mask their feelings under some sort of objectivity, and more importantly, some sort of authority. Now, I want you to see those things, because I want you to see what what another society thinks about all of this. Because Matt Walsh had enough... Of all of this in his documentary What is a Woman? He decides to go somewhere else to seek out the truth. To find out if leftists have a point. He goes to Kenya. What if a
4: man decides that his his gender identity is is woman? <laughs>
2: A woman has its own duty and a man has its own duty and a lady cannot do the duty of a man and a man cannot do a duty of a woman. Can a man become a woman? No. No? No. What about a transgender? Transgender? No. No. It looks like to if you want to become a lady but your man, you have something wrong in something your wrong. mind. Something wrong in your family, something wrong in you. What about if someone
4: was non binary? Come again. Non binary? Uh-huh. Do you know like non like Uh, someone is
2: is, uh, you're not a woman you're not a man (laughs) yeah someone's like someone is is neither there's something else is that Mm -hmm. he's saying we have never seen things like those for a man he has a penis for a woman he has a vagina so we know this is a lady this is a man what if it's a woman with a what if it's a woman with a penis? What? <laughs>
4: People are laughing. Is that, is that a dumb question?
1: Do you see the juxtaposition of just uh, reality versus sociology? And I guess that's kind of where we have to frame this because it's some sort of a social construct, right? It is a feelings construct versus I'm talking about reality here on the face of it, biologically, because they want to talk about gender, not sex, right? Gender is a linguistic. It is a linguistic construct. They have turned it into a sociological construct because more feelings. Because I have to justify my feelings as valid within a larger social construct, right? I, I must be accepted, and more feelings must be accepted within that larger co- social construct. And I'm over here saying, wait a minute, what is a woman? You cannot ever define it. And that is the the biggest thing that happens throughout this documentary is that nobody is willing to define a woman. They will tell him repeatedly, and by him I mean Matt Walsh, repeatedly that it's whoever feels like a woman. Like a what? What is an actual woman? What, What definitionally in your social construct makes up a woman? It's all related back to feelings. That's it. When it turns out that linguistically and inside of our social constructs, we have things that are masculine and feminine. It's why when you learn a foreign language, whether that is uh, German or French or Spanish or most other Western languages, and some Eastern languages, but mostly Western languages, you have gendered language. And it's difficult for those in English because we don't have necessarily gendered language. But how do you speak German or French or Spanish without gender? It's not possible. They have taken that and made it making it into some sort of other social construct. As if that trumps biology. No, it doesn't. We're talking about two different things, one of which is an objective thing. The other is completely and totally subjective. And we're supposed to accept the subjective as objective. That's it. That's it. That's what we're supposed to do. But guess what? There are also physical things that are done in pursuit of moi feelings.
4: What's the the youngest patient that you've operated on? The youngest patient I've done vaginoplasty on um, is age 16. Do you worry that minors just don't understand enough about themselves? They're not neurologically developed enough yet to make permanent life-altering decisions?
1: Absolutely not. Say what? Absolutely not. Except for all of the evidence. We know that the suicidality rate is, what, 19 times higher amongst those who we've even transitioned as adults than it is in the normal population. There's still something psychologically an issue for them. That changing their physical or quote-unquote objective reality doesn't cure in, in any objective, data-driven analysis way, there's nothing that tells us that changing your physical, objective appearance, if you will, changes the subjective reality of your brain. Nothing. There is no data point that suggests that that is the ultimate fix-all, cure-all. We will go ahead and be done with all of this. Answer. Now, notice how every single person that has come from the quote unquote gender affirming side of things here has been evasive in answers, attempting to move the goalposts as if, well, everything is subjective. No, not everything is subjective. There is objective reality, and you have to deal with it because to deal with that objective reality is to understand that there is something Inside the psychological side of things, it could be something that is societal because we tend to say, Well, either these things are boy things or girl things. And well, maybe some things are masculine and some things are feminine. And it's okay if that you are a man and you like something that might be more feminine in nature. That can be okay. Maybe that's where we are at as a society and say, You know what? Cool, man. That's do you. Do that more effeminate thing or more feminine thing, like being a nurse or baking or or whatever things, or playing with dolls instead of cowboys and Indians. Oops, I spoke that term too much. But contrast this obfuscation, this continued competitiveness with Scott Nugent, who talks on this subject from, uh, how shall we say this, a very raw, a very open And more importantly, a very truthful and objective reality as to what happens when you alter this physicality. For the first time in history, a marginalized group has a huge dollar sign
4: on the top of their head. We have five children's hospitals in the United States promoting that. That's a phalloplasty. That's a bottom surgery. We have five children's hospitals in the United States telling girls that they can be boys at $70,000 a pop in a surgery that has a 67% complication rate. That will kill me from infection that I can't sue on We're butchering a generation of children because nobody's willing to talk about anything. I have three kids at the age that they're doing this to kids. I'm not transphobic. I love my kids and I love other people's kids and you should too.
1: This is wrong on so many levels. Wrong on so many levels. You see that? There's no obfuscation, there's no doubt, there's no nothing except for doubt as to why this would be done with this kind of complication rate, with this type of physical issues that exist to fix what? Again, a psychological, largely, issue that doesn't fix the suicidality, doesn't fix the things that physically are wrong. Or emotionally or psychologically wrong. It, I'll give you a hint. Almost everybody has something emotionally or psychologically that is wrong with them. The ability to cope and deal and understand how their brain works turns out to be the best way forward. But at 16 years old, $70,000 on the line. To affirm something that most people, according to lots and lots and lots of studies that have been done on this, quote unquote, grow out of as they grow older. 60% reverse surgeries, reverse puberty blocking. Because it turns out that they know their objective truth, or I should say the objective truth as their brains mature to the point jerry nadler made but they won't go all the way to making the point that everything should be 21 right 16 year olds can gender affirm but hey don't own a weapon don't do this don't do that are we going to tell the transgender community because they have large suicidality rates because they have large psychological demonstrated provable psychological issues that you no longer get to own a gun Are we going down that road as a society? Now, I know that this is a longer episode, but this is some really important stuff that we're going through. Do you see the pain caused by the physical disruption of the human body for your emotional gain, quote unquote? That turns out not to be an emotional gain at all. Do you see it? Now, I'm going to leave some talk here on Ron DeSantis in Florida. Because we've gone long. And because I want to get Pat's opinion on this. Um, But I will say this. Be careful the path you walk on just to destroy your enemy. Be careful the path you walk on just to destroy your enemy. Please, everybody, have yourselves a great weekend. Be smart, be safe, be kind, and as always, Matthew 547.